0: Hello and welcome to Actuarial People, with myself, James Turner. I'm excited to be launching a brand new podcast where each week, I'll be speaking with the UK Actuary. My aim is to give you, the listener, greater insight into the people behind the profession and their personal career journeys. So we'll cover things like why and how they became an actuary, what they do on a day-to-day basis, how they balance work and study with life, any specialisms they've developed, and how their role has evolved over time. So whether you're an actuary yourself, or you're aspiring to become one in the future, welcome and enjoy! Please welcome to Actuarial People, Masimba Zata. Thank you,
1: thank you very much for having me, James. Yeah, uh, really excited to, to, to be part of this. Um, and yeah, you know, looking forward to, to our conversation
0: me too me too thanks so much for agreeing to be one of the one of the first guests on the show as well it's um, um it's brilliant to have you here i'd just like to for the benefit of the listeners i wondered if you could give a brief overview of where you are today what you do and then we'll go back to the very beginning and uh and find out how you got here
1: Okay, sure. So yeah, so I'm I, I'm currently in 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 tech. I've, I'm I'm working for Moody's Analytics uh, as a director in the insurance solutions business, um, and that role, you know, is completely sort of you know out of the regulated space, if you like, and you know, sort of commercial uh, focus and and in sort of helping develop insurance software products. Um, and yeah, I work in a, in a sort of cross uh, professional team, if you like, you know, with, with accountants and software engineers and data analysts, um, you know, so it's, it's really, you know, cross practice, um, co- collaborative um, sort of environment uh, based in London, but work with clients. Pretty much all over the world, I would say, you know, maybe with the exception of uh, Latin America, where I think our colleagues in, in America maybe focus on that. But yeah, I, I've sort of worked in, in the EMEA, you know, space in, in Canada, um, and, and I've worked with clients in, in, um, in you know, in, in sort of Asia as well. So yeah, uh, you know, sort of very broad, very broad role basically across, across uh, different uh, countries.
0: Well, plenty to get stuck into a little bit later. But in traditional fashion, I wondered if I could ask if you could cast your mind back. Can you remember when you first realised that actuaries existed?
1: Yeah, no, very good, very good question. And and you know, one actually, I I discuss when I when I talk to to students, you know, in in schools and in in universities, because you know, I think it's, it's quite an important question. I think for me. It was, and I I remember this quite vividly, Um, you know, I was sort of 15 years old, um, sat around a a table in a garden and and, uh, my uncle, who is a maths teacher, continues to be a maths teacher today, um, at the time, uh, just he was tutoring me for my GCSEs in Zimbabwe. And he just sort of said, you know, and my dad, uh, God rest his soul, you know, he he was, he he always used to ask on your birthday, what do you want to be when you grow up, you know, what, what do you want to be, basically. So, so I was like, okay, that question is coming again, you know, it's my birthday, that question is coming. Um, and again, I don't know, I gave, you know, I, I, I sort of sp- did everything from pilot you know to engineer to architect I, you know i, I did the whole the whole works basically as i was coming through and i think i can remember i think I, I wanted to be a civil engineer i think or something on on this particular occasion um and my uncle was there for my birthday and he said oh you know have you heard of uh, actuaries you know in the actuarial profession i was like nope don't know what that is yeah you know? and and he explained what it was you know it's a sort of maths based career and you know and sort of yeah, explained all that the, the you know sort of high level nuts and bolts of it um and my dad was like yeah you you, you know you should really consider that actually you know you, you enjoy maths don't you you should consider that so i was like okay um yeah i'll maybe i should you know because i never heard of it before you know so yeah that that was that was my first encounter with uh you know with the profession
0: okay and, and did that influence obviously you i i know you studied actual science at university so was that the influence for that um yeah so
1: i think from that point on i mean i uh, i was now more curious to find out a bit more because maths was really the my favourite subject you know and and i didn't really know what to, what what i was going to be able to to do with it you know because i i sort of didn't want to go into academia um and i was thinking okay so i'm going to need to find something to do because i guess i i I don't think i'll be able to make a career of this um so when i heard that actually there are there's a career in financial services that's sort of maths based i was like okay you know may, maybe i need to look into this a bit more you know quite, quite a young age to, to start thinking about it but yeah i thought okay let me let me find out a bit more so i sort of went into insurance companies in in harare in zimbabwe talking to junior actuaries at the time who told me a bit more about it um and uh obviously went to did my a-levels um and then when i finished uh initially applied to to the the one local university in zimbabwe that was um, providing sort of the, the actual degree, uh, but it was sort I think they only were, were taking 15 people, I think, at, at the time, so it wasn't even an, an option for me because I, I had decent grades, but I, you know, I think they, they needed straight A's in very specific subjects to get in, so, so you know, I, I didn't, I wasn't going to qualify to get in, uh, but I, I was, I, born British, you know, uh, when my parents were here uh, studying. So I had the option of coming to, to the UK to study uh, without it, you know, sort of being exorbitantly expensive. So so I moved to the UK and yeah, the there were a lot more universities offering the actual programme um, and I, I got offers from a good number of universities, you know, so I, I had the choice of, of picking a university. So yeah, that, that's, that's sort of when I, I came here and, um,
0: and studied actuarial science at Kent. Yeah, I, I noticed that earlier. We I went to Kent as well, and um, oh, yes. I I was there between 2002 and 2005. Ah, so you were a year ahead of me. We, we never met. Yeah, we never met. That's yeah. Well, we we may have done. We may have been in the venue at the same time <laughs> and things like that. You never know. <laughs> Um, wow. Well, I didn't know
1: that. Yeah. You know, it was obvious. We, we started talking um, maybe not long after I left university when you went, you know, when you when you were moved into the recruitment space and, and I was a junior actuary. But yeah, I didn't realize actually until until this conversation that we were at the same university at the same time. Yeah. That, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, that's yeah. quite funny.
0: <laughs> and why did you choose Ken? Kento for the other options? Can you remember?
1: Yeah. So so you know i think there were various factors i I think i think it it was a good uh program in the sense that it it gave quite a lot of exemptions if you if you got the right marks basically you know so if you if you if you if you pass the 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 individual modules that 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 were accredited by the Institute of and Faculty of Actuaries, you'd you'd get exempted from the earlier exams. So that was quite a big point for me. Um, and then the other one was the campus feel. You know, everything was in one place. And you know, i I'd, I'd gone to a boarding school in in Zimbabwe, so it it sort of felt like yeah, sort of my my sort of natural habitat, if you like, basically uh, of of sort of of living on on campus and having everything in in sort of one one place. Um, and and it was cost as well because I'd sort of been given the impression uh, moving from Zimbabwe that living in London was going to be very expensive, and I guess it is in many ways for a student. So it felt like it was going to be cheaper to 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 live in Kent. So yeah, so there were sort of various factors that sort of led me to to Kent and and yeah, sort of turned down some some of the London options that I that I had.
0: Yeah, yeah, okay. And and then how did you go from so you graduate? Um, how do you go from there to getting your first job in the profession?
1: Yeah, so, so my first role uh, was actually a summer internship um, at a pensions consultancy uh, in, in London between my second and third year, uh, and um, yeah, I think I, I spent a couple of months there uh, and, you know, sort of got, got you know, essentially an introduction um, into, into. Uh, Sort of pensions, uh, the sort of the pensions actuarial space. Sort of doing the junior roles of at the time, you know, looking in the FT uh, newspaper for interest rate uh, uh, guilt gilt, gilt yields, and things like that. You know, so it it was quite, you know, and and, and sort of putting them into a spreadsheet. It feels like a world away now, <laughs> yeah. um, and and sort of doing those indiv- you know, and and looking at, you know, being, you know, sort of getting those, the explanations of what what different things were, and 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 the concept of. Of transfer values, you know, you know, the the moving of 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 your pension from 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 one pot to another and things like that, basically, you know. So so that's sort of where it started, and then I guess after I graduated, uh, because I'd I'd had that experience, it felt natural to sort of move into the. The, the the pension space because that, that that's sort of where I would sort of done my my internship um, so again a different pensions consultancy but I sort of moved into again a mid-sized uh, pensions consultancy in my in my first role um, and yeah sort of stayed in the pension space really for I think maybe about four and a half five years whilst I was a um, an actuarial student
0: yeah and can you remember what that what that time was like sort of balancing work with study getting to learn all about pensions in a lot more detail how what are your memories of that period it was
1: yeah it was it was very exciting because because I think you know as from from a just from a life perspective as a as a graduate it was it was sort of nice to 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 feel that all that work that you'd been sort of been been doing at university all that work all that study was sort of worth it and and i i because I'd done an actuarial degree uh, and was now doing an actuarial job it all felt quite linear and quite nice that oh actually, you know, I, I I'm I'm doing the work that I studied for and everything like that. So so that that was that, that felt quite good. And you know, obviously buying all those sort of things and trinkets that you sort of wanted to to buy when you were sort of imagining it at university and things like that. So I I i, I really enjoyed those those first years for, from a sort of a life perspective. Um, exams were a shock for, for me because uh, I, having got quite a lot of exemptions, um, I, I sort of arrived uh, in my first role, my first kind of graduate role with a lot of exams and already needing to sort of take the later papers. Yeah. Um, and and actually because my strength was maths um, and, and actually the, the first exams I needed to take outside of university had actually little maths. It was now more about application, right? It was now more about, uh, uh, you know, sort of describe, discuss, explain. And I was like, "Mm," you know, I've, I've avoided these type of subjects pretty much all my life, you know, I I, I I dropped history, I think I dropped geography, you know, all, all the subjects where I needed to sort of do any sort of essay type things, I'd sort of left behind basically along the way. And and all of a sudden, I now needed to sort of tackle these right at the start of my, my graduate career. So I found that really challenging. And, and yeah, I sort of ran into failing exams pretty quickly yeah. <laughs> as a result.
0: Did, did you have enough work experience to be able to explain the concepts they wanted you to explain was that part of it as well
1: I think so yeah I mean it, when I look back um, you know I, I always think th- those, those those sort of exams do need you to, to, to have some work experience under under your belt um, and actually as I got more work experience, it actually became easier to to do the exams because now I had something to, to fall back on. I actually remember when I did my my pensions paper um, and you know there was there was a question in there i remember coming out thinking it had nothing to do with anything i'd read it literally <laughs> had everything to do with 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 a client case that i dealt with in the office so i was like yeah so i was like wow imagine trying to do this without the work experience it would just be yeah you know so you're you're almost an on hiding to nothing so so yeah. i think yeah they they're definitely tailored to you having at, at least maybe a couple of years you know, to, to maybe two and a half years under your belt, as opposed to sort of you coming out cold, because it is really much about applying the knowledge, not, not just kind of doing technical, mathematical, you know, sort of work, I think.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how, how long did it take you to qualify? Hi, guys, we'll get straight back to the conversation in a second. Just a quick reminder that when I'm not recording podcasts, I specialize in helping pensions actuaries with their career moves. And I'd love to help you when the time comes to explore your options. I work with people at all levels, whether you have a couple of years' experience through to senior positions. My approach is different to most recruiters. I started my own business last year and work alone, which means I have zero pressure to hit targets and can just focus on giving the best possible help and advice. So whether you're thinking of making a move now, or would just like to understand your options for the future, please get in touch via LinkedIn or email james at turnerperkins.com. Back to the show.
1: So... I think I. It took me. I'd say six, six and a half years. I'd say six and a half years after leaving university. So, I left university. I'm showing my age. Left university 2004, um, and um, I think I qualified mid of 2011. I think. Yeah. So. So. So I think. Yeah. It's sort of. It's sort of. Took a while, and yeah, you know, quite a few papers were were taken multiple times. Um, but yeah, sort of, we finally got across the line um, in um, sort of middle of two thousand
0: eleven. If 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 people are listening to this who are yet to lock in which degree they're going to take, do you, would you recommend they do pick something that that does give them several exemptions, or or would you perhaps do anything differently? Do you think?
1: Yeah I mean I think this the, I I think I would encourage people to definitely to to get different views on this because I think um my 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 own reflection now um and I think I've probably said this to a few people who've asked me is if I had my time again I would probably actually have just done a maths degree, because I guess again, I, I, you know, I, I was I was quite quite strong in in that in that space, and I enjoyed it, um, and I would have done that, and and maybe come out with with fewer exemptions, just just, and then actually maybe go on and do some of the exams whilst gaining the work experience, because I think it would have still taken me just as long as it did, right? You know, to 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 qualify, but I think it would probably have been a a, a bit less. Uh, stressful, around you know, in terms of just myself, g- giving myself the, the expectation, because you're, so, you're sort of coming out of university, you've got a first class degree thinking, yes, okay, let me go and quickly tidy up these exams and finish them off. And they end up sort of taking another six years to do because I, you know, I, I felt like I, I wasn't maybe necessarily e- equipped uh, to to sort of tackle those sort of exams. Um, so, I, you know, that, that, that would be my my advice but I think I think that's that's based on my background given the skill set that i had if 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 someone comes along and maybe they they they've maybe done economics or they've done other subjects basically and maybe not avoided the you know the, the sort of written type subjects as I, as I had done then they may well be you know okay to sort of do uh, an actual science degree with a lot of exemptions and and then you know go in because maybe at least they've got that foundation uh, from a, at least an exam technique perspective to to fall back on. but yeah, I'll, I'll still encourage I would say you know trying to maybe find a balance and and getting a decent amount of work experience before tackling the more application type uh, exams because that's they are really looking for you to apply some concepts which you've seen in the workplace. so if you haven't if you haven't worked in the workplace, it can be quite difficult to uh, you know to, to sort of do justice to those top you know type of
0: exams. Okay, and if we put exams to one side, just thinking about the actual work while you were still in pensions, what what did you enjoy? Were there any bits that you didn't enjoy? What did I enjoy?
1: Uh, I think I really enjoyed um, you know, because I, I I think the good thing and this the one thing I I, I really liked about pensions was you were always close to to the end user or, you know, the, the client, uh, the, the, the member, the scheme member, you were always close to them, basically, because you, you you would do, you know, they would be valuing their pension so that they could move from from one pension scheme to another, or you would be settling a, a, a divorce settlement, you know, pensions uh, being settled for divorce purposes, or, or pensions being settled for bereavement, you know, so it felt very... Yeah, you, 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 I really felt like I was, you know, so sort of adding value, you know, to, to to society. You know, actuaries tend to be these people that people don't really hear about or, or know about. You know, they just sort of stay in the background. But actually, you know, I, I, yeah, I really enjoyed the fact that even though maybe you know the, the end user didn't really know that there was an actually sitting behind this, I was actually contributing and adding value to to society in in that way. So, you know, it's it, those aspects I, I really enjoyed. I would say.
0: Yeah, that's A lot of people have said that, actually. And, and I've mm. always thought that that's something you get in pensions that you don't necessarily get elsewhere. But I don't know if I've sat with an insurance actually and asked them that question, because obviously, you're still helping customers in, in yeah. insurance, they're still covered if something goes wrong, but maybe yeah. there's not that personal connection. Or I don't know, do you have you found in any of your insurance roles that you do have a bit of a connection with the the people buying the products or not so much?
1: No, it's 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 a lot more removed. I, I guess maybe that connection is happening elsewhere in the business. So so it it may be customer services teams or in the underwriting teams. You know, so there'll probably be other other teams in the insurance company that maybe have that closer connection. Uh, whereas I think in pensions consulting, you know, even the actuaries are are, are also involved basically in, in in dealing with with customers. Um, you know, um, and and actually getting involved with with yeah, you know, the the the, the sort of real issues that 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 are being faced you know from from that pensions perspective so yeah I think I think pensions is is quite unique in that way.
0: Fine so so you worked in pensions for about five years and then you managed to to make the move to insurance and and obviously this this was back in 2009 so a different time to to what we've been experiencing recently but what what was the sort of catalyst for you wanting to make that move? I was actually
1: you know okay in 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 pension consulting in enjoying the work but it was 2009 um and uh you know that business had slowed for for the for well the global economy right it was a, a global financial crisis um and I guess the, the the firm I was working for at the time was was not immune to, to that you know they were doing well but I guess they you know they, they they were not immune to it um and and you know did were offering uh for, for those who, who were willing you know offering uh, voluntary redundancies so I, I saw it as an opportunity uh to, to sort of take voluntary redundancy and and explore uh, other options because I thought okay yeah you know this this doesn't come along uh, often so I'll, I'll I'll take the I'll take the the you know the, the opportunity to to do that um, in a in a sort of financially viable way for me and explore the opportunities. So at that point I thought okay what am I what am I doing next um, you know what what should I try next uh, and. I thought, okay, I, I've been, I've I've done pensions now for enough years. Maybe it's 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 worth having a go at uh, at insurance and and sort of seeing how that goes, and uh, the the transition. I mean, it wasn't actually. I was quite fortunate because I think I sort of left my 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 last role in pensions. Um, um, in, I think, June 2009, and I, I, was, I was sort of in insurance in July, you know, so, so I, it was literally like a month, I think, a month, you know, it, it didn't take long to, to make that transition, and I think for me, even at that time, I felt, wow, okay, this, this is quite a, a a great profession where, even in those circumstances, I actually found it quite easy to transition uh, from, from, from one type of actual work into another during a, a recession during a, a global financial crisis. So so felt quite fortunate really to be able to do that.
0: So was it quite straightforward in terms of in terms of getting interviews with insurance companies without having the experience? Did you you found that quite straightforward? Did you?
1: Yeah, I got got quite a number of interviews, um, you know, so straight off the bat, if you like, you know, there there were quite a number of of people willing to speak to me um, and, uh, you know, sort of give me an opportunity to at least present my case. Um, I think it was still quite challenging because I think maybe at at the time it, it it's probably got better over, over 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 the years but i think our our profession f- felt quite siloed you know you, you were a pensions actuary an insurance actuary or you know life insurance actuary gi actuary and and making the transition from one to the other always felt quite quite tricky um back then you know so i, I felt quite fortunate to to be able to to sort of do that um and i and i think maybe that sort of happened because i was i was moving from pensions consulting into an insurer that wh- whose, whose main business was actually buying out pension schemes, right? You know, so, so I, I was sort of in, in this u- unique position where I understood their product. Probably m- more than most people in 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 the in the in the actuarial team, you know. So it, it, it actually made sense for for them to recruit someone like me, who's, who was coming from a pensions consulting background, to sort of say, "Yep, I I understand this product inside out, you know, uh, or whatever the the specific might be uh, of 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 you know sort of the, the pension lingo, if you like, you know, I, I understand it quite well, and I understood the data, um, and understood the historical issues of, of of you know that that sort of came with 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 uh, you know sort of uh, uh, you know, defined benefit pension schemes. So, so I was, uh, you know, in, with, with the benefit of hindsight, you know, you when I when I when I when I moved, it, I thought, oh, I'm so lucky. But actually, with the benefit of hindsight, you realised it, it was a good move for for both. You know, I, I was bringing something that they didn't have, um, and and you know, so I was I was valuable to them, just just as it was a good move for me as well personally.
0: Yeah, but but I'm looking at your LinkedIn, and obviously these days you still get a lot of pe- lot of people going from pensions to the sort of bulk annuity providers. But they typically go into the the pricing team. Um, mm. But by the looks of it, you were uh, financial reporting, model development, solvency too. So you were yeah. you were more removed than, than most.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I think that that's that's a good point. Yeah, and and actually, the, you know, I, again, it's it's quite interesting because I remember when I attended the interviews for for that role uh, that 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 got me across from from pensions into into insurance. I, I would come out of the meeting or, or the interviews thinking. Did I say the right thing? You know, was that even the, the right thing to say? Because it was, it was quite a unique role, and you know, even in this firm, as you said, you know, the, there were a lot of people who had come from the pensions consulting space into the pricing roles. Um, but I, I, th- I think the the the, the you know the, the the head of the financial reporting team at the time felt they needed someone like that as well, um, in the financial reporting area to be able to sort of help them do uh, you know sort of the the, the valuations and the reserving, uh, of of the bulk annuities. So so yeah, it, it's you know the the interviews were asking me maybe some some concepts which I had never thought about myself. Um, but I, again, for me, it, it proved that. With with our training, we can sort of go into into these different spaces and just apply that knowledge. You know, you, at times you might not even know that you you're capable of doing it, um, and you can actually doubt. I, I doubt myself. I, I'm not I'm not even sure I was answering that properly, but it clearly it 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 was the 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 you know I, I did enough to 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 impress them. To, to take me on into into the financial reporting area. And yeah, I ended up doing all sorts of different varied uh, roles with, within the, the financial reporting space. Um, and maybe I think it's because of that din- dynamism, I suppose you're, you're sort of coming from a different um, practice within the actuarial s- space. So I guess our I, I sort of already coming with with that open mindset of yeah i'm willing to to try different things and and to explore you know different areas and to to sort of learn because i, I again you know if if i've moved from pensions to insurance i've already demonstrated that i'm willing to 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 learn and end up skill myself or you know or, to, or pick up concepts which i haven't come across before so i think that helped to for me to sort of delve into to different areas
0: yeah yeah so what, one one of the reasons i was so pleased that you coming on the show is because not only have you moved from pensions to insurance but you did it long enough ago to really you know I mean you've been in insurance longer than pensions by far so I'm I'm, I'm kind of interested to sort of get your views on what it's really like with the view of helping people that are perhaps thinking about making that transition or even even graduates thinking about which, um, which sector might be might be best for them. And um, I wrote down sort of three categories that often come up in in conversation when people are, are weighing up the, the pros and cons. And um, the first one is variety of work. Obviously, pensions actuaries. They, they want as much variety as they can or, or, or many of them do the view is that in insurance there's there's arguably more variety of work because of all the different products and the different distinct teams within an insurer but what what's your experience been in terms of variety of work
1: yeah and i think i think it's a it's a fair point i, I think but i think with most things it, it really depends on um, on the employers you work for because you know i i, I I've, I mean, I don't have personal experience personally, but you know, I've I've spoken to people who, who've worked in in pension consultancies where their role is is quite limited to I don't know uh, a certain number of clients, or whatever, and, and their and it's easy for 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 the work to not be as varied as maybe they might want, um, and conversely, um, you know, I, I certainly worked for for an insurer um, where. Yeah, I was just allowed, you know, over a three-year period to do loads of different things, basically very, very varied. Um, so I, I think, you know, but at, at the same time, it's, it's, you know, there, there are also other insurers uh, that I've worked for where, yeah, maybe because of scale, because of, of, of where they are, um, you know, in their development, you know, they, they, they require people to be specialists in in certain areas. So, so I would maybe join a firm and 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 sort of work in, you know, in a in a team doing a very specific. Task maybe once a month, you know, or, or whatever it might be, basically very specific task, and it's everything you're doing during the month is working up to that big monthly deliverable, right? You know, for reporting, whatever it might be. So I think it really depends um, on 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 the organization, um, you know, that 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 you sort of work for, because I think whether it's consulting or insurance, uh, you know, the, the the and I think that that's why it's important in interviews actually to sort of ask some of these questions. Okay, you know yeah what's involved and and yeah what opportunities are there to sort of move uh, across projects or across teams and things like that because I think that's that's quite important that that determines how much variety you sort of get in your role
0: yeah yeah, that that's what I, I sorry that's what I always think about in terms of yeah from a distance there are seemingly many more directions you can go in in insurance but there are people that have done nothing but quarterly, monthly, yearly financial reporting for 10, 15 years and, and, and that's that can't be any more varied than, than what you do in pensions and, and arguably less. So yeah, really good point. Depends where you work, are you in the right company? Are you asking the right questions so that your your expectations are, are managed? Um, the next one I wrote down was career progression because again, that can be an interesting one in, in, in pensions, particularly, particularly after you qualify um, it can be a little bit less clear in terms of what the different paths are what you need to do to get more senior what things you can do to sort of push your salary beyond sort of 80 90 100k um there's not all that much clarity sometimes in in pensions what does that look like in insurance or, or what's your experience been
1: yeah no I, I agree with that and I think that that's that potentially is is one you know maybe clear distinction because i guess in ins- insurance tends to be quite hierarchical so so it's it's sort of easy to to see um, you know because he, i don't know maybe you, you qualify as an actuary and then there's then there's the head of a team then there's a head of a bigger team which includes subheads you know so so there they, there there are quite a lot of uh, steps yeah which you, you you can sort of you know go through basically as 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 you as you climb the ladder um, and when you get to a certain point again, again you know you you can, you can move across uh, roles you know which helps you to then make that that, that next step um, so so yeah there, there's definitely um, you know if if you're someone who likes more structure uh in in terms of how their career progresses yeah then then i think insurance definitely provides that that structure most insurance companies would would provide that structure um uh i think i think in consultancy yeah it, it it really is down to to the individual because i think and and i i think for me that's why maybe uh insurance worked for me because i was always very structured in in my in my mindset and and i and you know i i i in, in a consultancy space i think if i if i was to go back now i think i would i would know how to how to sort of navigate you know my, my career progression in, in the consultancy space but i think as a as as a sort of junior actuarial student um i i sort of all my training you know through university through or well, through high school university everything had been sort of structured so i was always looking for structure in terms of how i sort of progressed my my career basically and I, I didn't quite realize how much i needed to do myself you know if i was going to stay in consultancy you know it, it a lot was going to be about me and, may, and maybe finding mentors, which, I, again, you know, maybe that's something, you know, maybe finding a mentor or a sponsor or, you know, someone who's been there and done that to sort of guide me to say, okay, actually, you know, these are the sort of things you need to do, or whatever, you know, the, and and I think you sort of need, you need a bit more of that when, when maybe there's less structure, I think, you know, it's you, you're, 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 you know, doing it yourself and thinking about the sort of things that you need to do, but also maybe finding someone who's been there and done that, who can kind of at least tell you what worked for them. You know, it might not work for you, but they can tell you what worked for them, and and how they sort of navigated, um, you know, the the you know the, the the sort of gray areas basically, where where it's not necessarily clear and there's less hierarchy, because it's it's it's. I think it's also good to, to not have hierarchy because it just means when you're ready to step up, you step up. You know, yeah. you don't have to wait for a a vacancy or an organizational restructure or whatever it might be. So I think I think there are a lot of benefits from from that you know i think it's just you as an individual being able to sort of navigate that and and positioning yourself in a way that allows you to sort of you know sort of take advantage of those all those opportunities when they come up
0: so can it be quite competitive in insurance if 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 there are three or four people at the same level there's one job higher up the person in that job is is moving to another part of the business have you got to sort of get your elbows out and, and position yourself ahead of your peers to <laughs> to to, to to progress, or or is it not not quite like that?
1: It, it, it I think it is actually. I mean, it um again and again it depends. Uh, you know, on on where you are. So so you know, if, if 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 I'm really keen to now make this move, you know, what what am I doing to prepare myself to sort of get into that role? Um, and I've had mentors who've who've said to me, you know. To, to get a promotion in you know into a certain role, maybe you you sort of almost need to shadow the role for six to nine months, for example. Okay. You know they, they gave that as an example where, where you know in the in so you are almost preparing it. So by the time the, the 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 opportunity comes, you're you're almost ready to to do it, yeah. and you've been positioning yourself for for maybe nearly a year to sort of being able to sort of get into that position. So so some people may then be surprised when, when the announcement comes, oh, so-and-so has been promoted. How did that happen? You know, I thought I was in the running for this, uh, but it's because, you know, others have sort of been doing this work behind the scenes to sort of position themselves and shadow their seniors and, you know, have those conversations basically about what they need to be doing, almost to sort of prepare themselves to to do that next role for for, for when it comes. You know, I'm sure maybe there, there are occasions when, Maybe even that's not enough because I guess they there may be other factors thats that sort of come in uh, but I think that that's yeah you certainly it it, it, it can get quite competitive because it gets narrow and narrow you know the, it's almost like a pyramid right you know you, you only have one CEO at the top and 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 so so it's it's really really it's quite it gets narrow and narrower the closer you get to the top so so it, it really then it really is about yeah how, how what you're doing in the background to sort of position yourself to sort of make the, the move up um, and, and take the opportunity when it comes
0: as as you're talking i'm thinking about obviously we're now in a world of hybrid working home working. but some of the things you're describing feel like they would be easier if to do to pull off if you're in the office and next to the person that you want you want to sort of step into to their job if you're visible if you're seen do, do you think that's an issue if 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 you're if you prefer working at home someone else wants to be in the office all the time or are willing to are they going to be first in line these days
1: yeah it's a, it's a good one and i don't know if i've got the answer to that because i think i think um, i think some organisations uh, you know the, the, the majority if it again so so it, i think it's it comes down to the culture of the organisation so so some organisations will have loads of people working at home anyway so so it's almost an even playing field for for, for everyone because pretty much everyone is working from home 90 of the time but i think i think i think if if there is that uh optionality of oh yeah you can come in um and but but you don't have to for example right uh yeah i think i think that will manifest because when 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 it comes to those. Uh, times when, when the promotions or, or the opportunities come up. And and if you've got a senior manager uh, who's always going to be in the office or is in the, is in the office three or four times uh, a week or whatever it might be, it's natural, right? It's 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 just it's human nature for for them because they're they're going to be having those coffee machine conversations. They're going to be having those you know walk to to, to, to you know it's it's those softer uh, sort of you know, intangibles basically that 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 because they that that, that, they, that you're going to get if you're going to be in the office compared to someone who's not, right? So I, th- I think it really depends on 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 the culture of the organization and and how the the, the senior stakeholders in the organization choose to work because I think. The, yeah, they're ultimately going to gravitate just just by human nature, I suspect, to to the people that they you know they're they're spending time with and people they're seeing. And actually, because you're you're there in the office with them, um, you're 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 getting to sort of understand, you know, the sort of things that they they they, they value um, in 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 you know their subordinates and things like that. So so it does create a disadvantage, I think, if if you've got senior management that that's sort of constantly or, or regularly in the office um and but but there's optionality for people to come in or not because I think it gives an advantage to those who maybe frequent the office more than others yeah
0: okay um, and the third point I wrote down was around consulting So obviously the vast majority if not all pensions actuaries are, are consultants and there are lots of benefits to to having that aspect to, to to your to your job and your career and the skills that you develop around it did you miss the consulting part? Are there other aspects of being insurance that make up for it? Is that something people should consider if they are if they're going to move from pensions to to an insurance company?
1: Yeah, so I, I guess what I would say is I'm 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 really pleased that consulting was was the was the first thing I did uh, because I think it gave it laid a, a really firm foundation. Um, you know from, from from you know various perspectives really uh yeah because the 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 because i was sort of coming from a place where there wasn't a, a hierarchy strict hierarchy it, it was easy to just think oh you know if there's something that needs to be done because that, that's that that was that's the natural way my, my natural way of, of doing things okay yeah I'm, I'm i'm happy to do that if there's no one else who's, who's willing to do that whatever I'm, I'm happy to do it Oh, but it's in another team i'm like oh yeah, yeah it doesn't matter i'm happy to to step in for for a few days and and do it so so i think i think i think consulting is is really good in that sense basically and if, if you're someone who enjoys just you know working without without uh you know sort of Hierarchy. Um, yeah, I think I think consulting definitely f- fits the bill better. I mean, insurers do it, and there are some specialist insurers that actually are able to sort of offer that type of environment, you know, throughout you know your your potentially your, your career. So it, it does happen, but I think traditionally the tra- sort of traditional uh, insurance insur insurance model is to sort of be more hierarchical and, and and you know have teams that that do very specific tasks um and yeah i mean uh, yeah i i think uh, did i do do i miss it i, I don't know if, i don't know if i necessarily because i think i've probably found a way to incorporate that into into what i do um and and even in my career so so if, if i've ever felt that um, I'm getting to a point where I'm starting to feel siloed um in what I'm doing and and unable to sort of do other things, then I, I look for opportunities, you know, if if not internally, externally, you know, to sort of see if I can continue to to sort of do that. Um, you know, so so yeah, you know, I think I think yeah, yeah, the consulting um, foundation is, for, for me, is, is, is really important, was really important and, and even to, to this day continues to, to, to shine through um, and I think if someone sort of enjoys that and, and they thrive on that because you know, I, I use it as a as a tool, but I was quite happy to, to also try different things. But actually if if, if someone f- for them that's the most important thing, then I think yeah, they should continue and and, and continue to, to sort of do it, I think, and and, and work in, in sort of the consulting space.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um so you, you, you specialize in life insurance. Um I don't know if you've picked up a bit of general insurance experience along the way or not, but what, what is it that you love about working on the life side?
1: Um yeah, so I, I think it's it's um well, you know, I think the initially it was all the the, the modelling. Because it it took me back to 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 maths. Basically, it took me back to sort of the the, the sort of hardcore um, mathematical concepts, statistical concepts, uh, which which I'd enjoyed, um, and you know, understandably did not hadn't seen much of in in pensions. Because pensions is 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 you know is, is sort of you know, the 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 focus is a bit different, and the, the you know the the maths suddenly in in the pension schemes that I was working in was, well, yeah, it wasn't like, yeah, so sort of hardcore stochastic modeling or whatever, you know, the, the really sort of complex, complex mathematical um, concepts. So I think I think initially I, I, I really enjoyed that because I was like, oh, okay, yeah, it's taking me back to sort of that passion uh, of, of maths and, and sort of helped me, you know, sort of build a career based on that, basically sort of doing some, some, some really sort of interesting um, modeling. Um, and then um because of the the, the sort of structure uh, you know the, the sort of hierarchy structure um there was also i guess the opportunity of, of more sort of the, the traditional people management role basically so so i, I do my work but I, was, I also get to to manage other actuaries or doing their work and 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 developing their careers and things like that um you know it's more hands-on it was more hands on um and i think that, that, was, that was probably going to come you know if i would stayed in consulting you know, to to an extent, I suspect anyway, but I think, you know, because the teams are much larger, you know, so you can can easily manage a team of 30 or 40 people uh, in an insurance company uh, just a team of actuaries, basically, right? You know, doing doing different tasks and I I, I quite enjoy um, you know that, that that sort of role of, of leading teams and helping helping people to develop and helping people to sort of grow in their careers as and, and in their roles as well. So so I think that was quite a, a, a big thing for me. So yeah, I'd sort, of, sort of highlight that is as something that I, I sort of enjoyed when I when I moved across.
0: Yeah, if 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 any any people at the university are listening to this, um, would you just say they should just apply for all sectors and see what happens, or is there anything they should start thinking about to perhaps determine whether they're more suited to life or to GI or pensions, investment, and so on? Yeah, I think I
1: think I think what I would say is get get as much. Um, Get as much exposure as you can, you know, to to, to to those different sectors, you know. So whether whether it's it's attending talks or uh, or, or following people on on LinkedIn um, who who work in these different sectors, um, because I know quite a lot of actual societies uh, it, at universities bring speakers to to come and speak. So, you know, if they're not doing it already, I, I, would, I would say encourage them to bring speakers from all those different sectors so you hear a bit about what each of those sectors, uh, you know, in the actual space, you know, what, what they're doing, what, what what it entails, what it involves. And it's asking all those questions, you know, about, uh, you know, the type of work, about the, the career prospects, about work-life balance, you know, asking all those type of questions. Because I think it's only getting those insights that, that sort of give you... Uh, the, the the you know at least a, um, uh, an insight into into what all those different roles <clears throat> involve and if you if you are you know um, in a, in a position where you can choose because it can be quite difficult because again graduate roles can be quite competitive depending on where we are in the in the economic cycle if you are priv- privileged enough to be able to choose then at least you can then you can then choose the sector which you feel best. F- fits you know what what you're hoping to get out of your career but also don't you know because I, again because of of how things have panned out for me I'd say don't get too hung up on where you where you land your first actuarial job just just get a first actuarial job I would I'd say you know um you know if if you've got the the privilege of being able to choose then great you know choose the one that you feel fits well with with where you want to go but if you don't have that or you you are not sure that's fine as well. Just just get get a get a get a role, um, grow in it. Pass your exams because they're generic anyway across across all those sectors initially, and pass pass your exams and then sort of see where you are in in two and a half years, three years. See see where you are. If you're enjoying what you're doing, then continue to do it. If you think I want to try something else, then you try something else. Um, but I think yeah, you know, I, I wouldn't get too hung up initially because you know it's there, there's still a lot of growing to do after you've left university um in terms of your your career so yeah allow yourself that space to to grow on unless you are you are double sure of what you want to be doing
0: you are a visiting lecturer at queen mary university so when when you go in are you are you teaching them maths actuarial science or are you is it more along the lines of what you said in terms of trying to give them insight into what actuaries are, are doing
1: yeah, it's actually the latter. Uh, so, so um, I, I sort of go in. I, I, you know, I'm, it's it's a you know really good doctoral uh, program and they've got really good lecturers teaching them all the technical stuff. So I was like, you know, I don't need, you know, you guys are all very intelligent and you've got very good lecturers teaching all the the technical stuff that you need to pass your exams or get exemptions. I, I actually want to give you the bit, which I felt maybe I didn't get enough of myself when I was coming through, which is the, the, the professional development, you know, the, you know, this is what, this is what happens. These are the options that are available uh you know in in the in the market space um whether it's for internships or graduate roles or or beyond basically you know and, and getting them to start to think about okay what am i going to do with this because you know some students come onto that course uh and they're doing an actual science degree but they're actually still unsure about what it's about you know they, they, they it's been recommended and, and yeah, it, it aligns with their strength and everything like that. But they're still actually still unsure about what, what the career itself entails. So, and, you know, in many ways, I, I, I was probably a bit like that. I was really, really sure what I wanted to, to do at, um, at university. And I pretty much aligned everything up, up up to that point from from the time I heard about the the, the profession to getting to university aligned everything to sort of say, yeah, I need to go and do actuarial science. But actually the professional aspect of what does actually, what does actually involve, you know, day to day? what What's the work like? Um, you know, how does it impact anyone? You know, how does it work? I, you know, for me, it was a bit of a, a gap there, um, and um, you know, having having these modules now as part of these degree programs, I think is really really good. But and I think it's it's probably now a requirement in quite a lot of universities that are accredited by, by the Institute in fact of Actuaries to sort of have something like this, where it's not just something that the actuarial societies do, you know, which is bring in speakers from time to time to come and talk about some of these things. It's actually part of the curriculum to say, you know, what we need someone who's going to come in, and their role uh is to to prepare teaching material to talk about professional development to talk about okay you know um have you got a cv you know can you write a, a cover letter um if you do you know that there are these different sectors uh and do you know that they are actually sectors beyond the traditional sectors you know you can work in public policy you can work in in tech you know you can work in in all these other areas basically so giving them an insight into sort of those things bringing in guest speakers uh, who are actuaries working in those different sectors to come and talk to them, so that they can actually see themselves, you know, and what what they they might be like once they're sort of doing these roles after they finish their their exams. So that that's something that I'm I'm quite passionate about, and yeah, um, you know, if and I always thought if I was going back to to university to actually do a bit of academia. That's the sort of thing I'd want to do because I'm quite confident that other people are even much much better than me at sort of teaching the, the technical uh, aspects of, of things. But I'm quite passionate about the the professional development, and I don't think we, we probably tread you know historically have done enough of it. So I'm quite I'm quite passionate about doing it going forward.
0: Yeah, it it must be nice for, for people to see actuaries with diverse backgrounds in front of them as well, because I imagine, you know, twenty years or, or so ago, if an actuary came in, they'd They'd look a certain way. They'd have a certain background, if if that makes sense. Um, is, do you think diversity is part of it?
1: Massively, yeah. And actually, f- for me, that that that's also quite a, a big thing because when I was coming through, um, yeah, it was it was actually quite difficult to see someone who looked like me um, or with my with my background, you know, going through whether it was the exams or, or or in in senior roles in in the organizations I was working in um, and it, it was always yeah difficult to sort of you know as, as much as I wanted to, to say yeah of course I can do it. I'm, I'm intelligent enough I, I wouldn't have been on this course if I wasn't and all that kind of thing yeah. um it's only when I reflect back now I was thinking wow actually it would have been it would have been so much better if I could see other people. Who'd walked my journey, or who'd come from my background, who'd who you know who, who'd got there, and and I would be able to sort of say, okay, yeah, so if 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 they can, and actually I can ask them how they dealt with maybe issues that are very specific to to to, to my background or my culture, or you know, okay, I, you know, and for example, I mean, I'll give a, a very simple example. I think one of the reasons I struggled uh, with with the later exams, we talked about the work experience. But it was just also the the because English is is a second language. Yeah. it was just also about just applying English in 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 the later exams because it was now really about understanding you know the the difference between describe and discuss. you know it might seem quite quite you know uh, quite a simple. Thing, but actually, it's it's it, 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 it's 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 quite a nuance, right? When you're when you're writing an exam paper, yeah. and if you've you've grown up with with English as a second, you know, you've you've got your A at GCSE English and everything like that, but it was a second language, right? You know, so so when you're coming in and and you're having to sort of tackle that, without necessarily you know understanding how important that is to sort of you know be be being able to to differentiate between them it can be quite difficult when you're navigating yourself and it, it it for me i think it's so important to sort of have role models from the 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 full spectrum standing in front of students because then it just allows them to say actually yep you know that, that that's somebody Who's walked my journey, so I can actually ask them, or, or who's walked the journey that I'm about to walk, so I can ask them how to tackle the different things that I might face, which are quite unique, you know, to sort of my background and 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 sort of my space.
0: If anyone's listening to this who are more senior and they they'd actually like to offer their own time to go in and do something similar, how how would somebody get get into becoming a, a visiting lecturer?
1: Um yeah, it's 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 quite interesting because I think for me, uh I was quite fortunate because I think I you know I' um, in at least in recent years I, I you know I regularly check the LinkedIn with with you know with 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 my you know contacts and what's what's happening with with my contacts on on LinkedIn and what they're posting um and one of my one of the people in my network uh, is is the lead uh, lecturer uh, at at queen Mary um you know and and he sort of you know he, he will post you you know, normal stuff about about what's happening at the university, but on this one occasion, he posted that, oh yeah, I'm, I've got a I've got a role open for for a visiting lecturer, you know, in the department to to do this module, and I was like, that's perfect, you know, I, I've I've been looking for, to do something like because actually, I, it's something that I'd really wanted to do, but I just couldn't find a way to to get in because I I I don't really know how to how to get in. So when when he advertised for the role, um, yeah, it, it was there. He posted it, and I was ready. So it was literally, uh, you know, sort of a, a LinkedIn find, basically, and and a, and a really great one for me because it's something that I I'd wanted to do. Um, so I'd say, yeah, just just network with because I guess these the universities that offer actuarial science degrees um, have to have qualified actuaries on on the staff. So so you know, get to network with those people, connect with them. Um, and then build a relationship with them, you know, when the roles come up to do these things, because they are quite bespoke type type roles, they don't come up very often, but when they do, you know, if, if, if these people, these these senior lecturers, uh, who are also actuaries, you know, who, who, who are working on these programs, when, when those roles come up, um, you're you, you at least, yeah, you, you know, you're made aware of them and you can sort of get into the process of, of being interviewed for them.
0: Okay. And um, a couple of the bits I'm just keen to, to ask about. So you are a member of the board of trustees of the IFOA Foundation. You're a non-exec director of the institute as well. Could you tell us a bit more about your involvement in, in those two?
1: Yeah, sure. So so I guess to start with the foundation, um, again, I think it it sort of goes to, you know my passion with empowering students you know not, not 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 just those i guess who are able but those who maybe need support um whether it's financial support uh when when they're starting out with doctoral exams and 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 they, they, they you know they're maybe found themselves in a bit of hardship because i guess it's easy to assume given the profession and it's sort of niche nature and, and very prestigious nature that where we're all able right you know to sort of start out, but actually there there, there are certain uh, circumstances and maybe certain markets where actual students actually just need a bit of support to, to get going uh, with actual exams, because for example, I don't know, there's some markets where you don't really even get considered for an internship unless you've had, you've passed two or three. Of the earlier exams, for example, because they're just—it's just a competitive market where where the the industry is, is still quite small. So, but then you know, if we want to to grow the profession and, and make it more diverse, those are the sort of people that we need to get in, um, and and the foundation sort of supports those you know those those types of students basically if, if they are in in hardship financial hardship, um, and it also offers the the mentoring piece that we you know I've sort of been mentioning that you know the the just to sort of give. Early career students, you know that 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 sort of guidance of okay, this is how you navigate as you're going through your career, um, understandably. Uh, certainly, in in the UK and um, you know so Western countries, the, the 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 employers are very very good at this. They 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 are, they will have internal processes um, and internal mentors. But if you go more broader, uh, as, as we're becoming sort of more global as a profession, you, you tend to find, you know, there there are some other countries where that that not, not is not necessarily a given, and and actuarial students do need that support basically because they may well be the only actuary or or, or actuarial staff, you know, in in a in a company uh, because it's a, maybe it's a small company that's sort of uh, starting out and they may have a senior. Actually, from a consultancy that signs off on things, but they have a junior student who works for them full time, you know, so they, they might not necessarily have the, you know, the support that they require. So it's sort of helping those sort of students where, where there may be gaps uh, either in the mentoring uh, or, or just sort of, sort of the, the sort of guidance. Um, so yeah, I think that it's, it's a, the foundation is sort of doing some great work there. And then the the council role uh, is, yeah, I mean, for for me, it feels quite a quite an honour to having come through as a student, um, to to then get the opportunity to, to sort of help govern the the, the profession, you know, the, the the professional body that looks after students, that looks after, you know, our public interest uh, as actuaries, um, you know, and, and to sort of make sure that yeah we we are yeah we we're, we're doing what we say we need to be doing, um, and 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 essentially being there to to provide oversight to to the executive that that run our, our profession um i think it's, it's, it's quite an honor because I, I never imagined myself sort of doing that um so yeah I'm, I'm quite honored to to do that and something that i that i enjoy doing
0: yeah how, how do you fit all of this in because you've still got the day job
1: <laughs> i know yeah and i think that's the way I, I you know I credit to to moody's um because i think they you know they they are very flexible you know you you it's it's a it's a very packed day job. You know, there's 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 a lot that 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 has to be done, but I think as long as it's done, you know, and you can sort of work around whether whether it's it's I don't know, you know, so starting the day earlier so that you can, you know, attend a a a. a, a a voluntary uh, board meeting, basically later in the day, or or whether it's working or the odd weekend, so that you can you can free up a Monday morning, whatever it might be. They're they're really flexible um, in in that sense as as a, as an employer. And I think I think you know I think I can I can think of many places where I just wouldn't be able to 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 do that. So I think again it it really. Does come down to where you are, as um, you know, sort of as you know, in terms of the, the company, the employer that you work for, or the business you set up. You know, some some people will, will run their own businesses, so it it really depends on on, on where you are with that. Um, and I think the other thing as well is is you know picking the right extracurricular activity. So for example, the the the, the visiting lecturer role uh only happened between January and March you know in 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 the calendar year um and so 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 it doesn't it doesn't occupy you know the, the rest of the year that the board meetings they're probably four or five of them a year or whatever you know so so it, it will look like a, a lot but actually it's I I sort of managed to sort of spread it out quite nicely during the year basically but it's you know there, there's sort of just then always something that I'm passionate about outside of the day job that I'm that I've sort of got going uh, alongside you know so during the year
0: Okay, well, um, we've covered so much here, so I think I'll, I'll I'll ask you the sort of three questions that I've been asking everybody at the end of the of the podcast. I think the first one we've we've perhaps touched on, but I'll ask anyway and um, and, and and see what you come up with. So, uh, the question is: What advice would you give to someone just starting their career now?
1: Yeah, so I think how how would I summarise it? I I would say um, work hard to to get the you know firstly you pass your degree uh with with the best grades that you that you possibly can i think that's 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 that that sets the foundation and then early in your career just put, put all your work in to pass those exams try to pass them first time because it will save you so much more time uh later on because i i, I think one of the, the challenges i found was i, I would always do enough uh just to miss out on on a mark or two basically you know and it's so frustrating when when you're missing out on a mark or two and you think oh, i actually so i just needed to put in a bit more and i would have passed it so really really work hard in those in those first few years yeah i know it will feel like a drag because all your friends will be partying and going out and traveling and you have, so you're sort of having to organize your life around exams but it's, it's all worth it i think in the end so Work hard, you know. Work hard in those, in you know, from, from that perspective. And then the other aspect is, just grow your network. Uh, get get to know, you know, connect with the, with as many actuaries as you possibly can. You don't yeah. You don't have to necessarily be speaking to them all the time however, but I think it's important just for you to, to be able to sort of hear what people are doing, what's topical, what are the important matters you know what, what are the things that are going to be coming up what's what are what is sort of focused on um, you know in, in in the moment because again when it comes to you either applying for roles or attending interviews, that helps so much to sort of show that you're you're on top of, of things in, in terms of your knowledge. So I think those, those are the sort of two things I'd would, I would highlight.
0: Okay. Now question number 2 is usually how do you see the role of a UK pensions actuary evolving over time, but it might be I mean you're welcome to to give that one a go if you like, but um I wonder if we should just change it to uh, to how do you see the role of, of life actuaries changing? I don't know. Don't know if that's more appropriate and any views on that?
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm, I'm happy to actually touch on I'll, I'll touch on both. I mean the, the okay. I, I mean I'm no longer a pensions actuary, I suppose, uh, and um, but but uh, I I think um you know, from from now the outside looking in, uh, I th- I think the role is going to be very very important. Uh, probably, in the, I would say there's a window where it's it's going to be critically important. I think because there are a lot of uh, defined uh, benefit pension schemes which are closed to new members, uh, and. I think the population within those pension schemes is probably maturing now. It's getting to that point where it's, it's sort of maturing to, to maybe the majority of people within these schemes are now pensioners, as opposed to people waiting to retire, you know, deferred members. So so I think there's going to be a lot of work uh, for pension pension scheme actuaries, but, you know, to decide either to, to continue to run these schemes as they are, to combine with other pension schemes, you know, uh, or to, to, to ship them out to insurance companies, basically, you know, to do buyouts or buy-ins and things like that. And I think there's going to be a lot of work. Uh, so, so I think, it's, yeah, it's, it's going to be an exciting time uh, to, to be in the pension space, I think, over the next of 10 to 15 years. And I think it's, it's yeah, it's, it's kind of reaching that point where these closed books, basically, with these maturing members, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's just going to create quite a lot of work, I think, uh, in, in, the, in that space and then i think generally as an actuary yeah you know I, I think i think our future really depends on us staying on top of the ball on the issues that 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 are that you know that the that that matter to people in 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 this current age in this current you know moment that we are in and uh, i'm thinking about climate change i'm thinking about biodiversity I'm thinking about data and generative AI um you know those those sort of spaces where I think they transcend all the areas so that again this is where I think it's so it's so important now for actuaries to sort of think of themselves you know as actuaries not as life actuaries or pension actuaries or because I think I think there there issues that are now coming up which we are going to have to deal with across the piece basically and not necessarily just think about it as a oh yeah that, that's a that that's a life thing basically or that's that's a pension thing or that's a gi thing i think these some of these issues are going to transcend everything that we do so I, it's, I think our future really depends on us applying ourselves and applying our skills to sort of tackle or help society tackle those issues um in in the spaces and spheres that we work
0: fantastic well um my final question is what are you looking forward to in the next 12 months and most people have given one one example from work and one personal
1: okay great um one example from work uh because um I'm, I'm in tech you know the obvious one is is uh, generative ai and and machine learning so that that that's a big that's a big topic for us, um, and and I think you know I'm looking forward to to supporting clients uh, in in that transition and 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 helping to develop solutions that that help clients to sort of make that transition because I think uh, you know across our our industry um, in in insurance um, and pensions I think you know there 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 quite a lot of um, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of benefit that's going to be had by by adopting this 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 technology that's coming up, and we we have to do something with it because if we don't, it will you know we'll be we'll find ourselves having to react to it. So I think it's it's about sort of being proactive, and and making the best of what we can with what we currently have, and sort of. Developing our processes and and systems with that, so yeah, I think that that's something that I'm I'm, I'm looking forward to, and something I'm looking forward to again applying the the actual skill set in sort of those non-traditional spaces. Uh, from a personal perspective, um, yeah, I, th- I think I've you know I've, I've got a, a four and a half year old son, so he's starting he's starting reception uh, in in September, so you know it's. Uh, I don't know if looking forward is the is the right word, but but I think yeah, it's it's been amazing to to sort of see this little person grow uh, and 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 get to a point where he's he's now starting school. So and and I've been told by those who've gone before me that it it brings, it's it's yeah, it's a completely different ballgame, game, right? Because it's it's just sort of changing the 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 schedule and changing everything. So so I think for over the next year, that's something that yeah, I'm, I'm relishing um, and 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 sort of looking forward to to to, to doing.
0: So so we both went to the same uni and we've both got a four and a half year old starting school in September. Oh. Oh, I, so. <laughs> <Brilliant>. <laughs> yeah. play dates i
1: see play dates you... in our future james <laughs>
0: <laughs> and if, if anyone's listened to this and for i mean we covered so much is so much to what to what you do so there could be any number of reasons someone might want to um to get in touch with you is is LinkedIn the best way are you happy for people to do so yes
1: please yeah so you know i'm uh, i avoided linkedin uh until about 2016 uh actually not even that i think maybe 2017 2018 and I don't know when I look back now. I honestly don't know why, because I think I was just very. Uh, I had a phobia of social media, basically, um, and you know, I sort of bunched LinkedIn into that. I was like, no, I don't, I don't do any of the the sort of social media platforms. But I, I can't recommend it enough now because um my my current you know I've I've as I think we've already discussed about about my roles um and how some of my roles have emerged from LinkedIn, um and the networking that I've got from that. So yes, you know, I, I really encourage people to connect with me I'm really happy to 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 carry on conversations on on LinkedIn um, going forward so yes and yeah, no, LinkedIn is the is the best way.
0: Okay well all that remains to say is thank you so much I'm actually already looking forward to listening back because we covered so many different things there and um, it's been an absolute pleasure so thank you so much for for your time today and uh, yeah all the best of luck with um all of the different no, thank,
1: thank, thanks, James. Thanks, thanks for having me. Uh, I was just thinking back before we started that I think, yeah, I've, we, we've known each other for, for over fifteen years, I think, or something. You know, like it, literally, you've been there yeah. through most of my career since since I started. And as it turns out, you know, th- through most of my my life in the UK, you know, because we're at the same university. So, so I'm, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm, I'm really, I was really pleased that that you invited me to to, to do this. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad that that we are having these these conversations because I think they're they're so important so thank you so much for for having me um and yeah i'm looking forward to to listening to to future uh podcasts that you're gonna you're
0: gonna do as well my pleasure thank you very much thanks for listening to this episode of actuarial people please don't forget to subscribe and consider leaving a review if you have any questions or feedback or any suggestions for future guests please contact me on info at actuarialpeople.com This podcast is sponsored by my recruitment company, Turner Perkins, and you can contact me there at james.turner at turnerperkins.com. Hope to see you again.